Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. From Tula Tacos and Amigos in downtown Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Christian Maida, publisher and editor of The Current. It's business, Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. Acadiana is kind of a hidden treasure in its own right, and most folks think of New Orleans when Louisiana comes up. I can speak from experience on that. Uh, but the nooks and crannies of the state are what make it special. You know, you hop on a rural byway and you can wind through all kinds of magical places. It's a state you can staycation in and find lots of oddities and specialties. Pockets of cultures and traditions that are unseen even by folks just a few miles away. Um, you know, take Highway 90 North from Lafayette and the roads will rise and fall on hills. You'll pass through the Cajun prairies and catch a view of the land of Zydeco. And before long, you've left Francophone Louisiana behind altogether. Did you know that there's a Transylvania, Louisiana? Have you ever been to the Watermark Tavern by the river in Columbia, just north of Alexandria? Well, my guest Dixie Poche has, and she's lived to write about it. Dixie is a travel writer with an expertise in Louisiana's hidden gems. And for 30 years, she sharpened her pencil in technical writing and corporate communications in the oil and gas industry. But her childhood in a general store in Cecilia inspired her to seek out the histories of Louisiana's small towns. And she's published three books on Louisiana culture and is currently working on her fourth about small town Mardi Gras careers. Dixie Poche, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. I'm happy to be here in downtown Lafayette. Indeed. Uh, my next guest is a familiar voice here on KRVS. Herman Fusilet is the host of the Zydeco Stomp and has a storied history of his own chronicling Louisiana's cultural traditions. He grew up literally next door to the world stage of Zydeco and Opelousas and spent years as a columnist and music writer in the Acadiana area. His work has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Oxford American, and NPR. And he's also the go-to guy for liner notes on the big Zydeco records. Uh, in 2016, he published Ghosts of Good Times, which packs an authoritative history of Louisiana's dance halls dating back decades. Herman is also the executive director of the St. Landry Parish Tourist Commission. Herman, welcome to Out the Lunch. Thank you for having me. Dixie, you know, you've got a love for small towns. Uh, my folks are from small towns. Like, small town Louisiana is kind of, in a lot of ways, a, a big piece of what makes Louisiana the way it is. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are really struggling these days. And so I, I was curious if, if just sort of the idea that these things, these cultures are disappearing is a big motivation in your work. I just feel that you can plan a trip and find some kind of adventure there. Uh, in two weeks, I'm um, going to the Sunflower Festival, which is near Dixie, Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, it's just north of Shreveport. Again, it's something I had not heard of previously, but during COVID, doing research for some different adventures. Yeah. And uh, a few weeks ago, I went to uh, Jonesboro, Louisiana, and Winfield. Uh, there's a Louisiana political uh, m museum there. Yeah. So. Again, there's a lot of quirky areas, a lot of uh, mom-and-pop shops, um, hidden gems in these little towns. So uh, I think um, they have expanded opportunities. I didn't even know there was anything north of Shreveport. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I've heard of Winfield because of Huey Long, or the Longs, right? I mean, like, Wind Parish is where they, uh, you know, kind of made it, made, it, made it known for. But it's always interesting to hear, like, people tick off the names of towns that... 
I have never heard of, right? So you, you, you mentioned Transylvania, Louisiana. Have you, ever, have you ever actually been there? Yes, absolutely. There's a big water tower there, and it says Transylvania. And uh, again, there's a history behind it. I don't remember. It's, it's unusual. And I'm sure for Halloween, they really play that up quite a bit. So we don't know if it's actually connected to vampires or just it's like Romania not. or whatever. Okay. No, no. I think it was ju- <laughs> they just wanted something very different, and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, in, in, in your traveling, I mean, how do you even plot these places out? Are you just like looking at a map and you're saying like, huh, Transylvania, I've never heard of that. I'd like to go there. Or, or does somebody clue you in to like, you know, you really got to try like the, you know, the bat sauce pecan or something. Oh, no, no, it wasn't quite like that. So um, looking at a lot of things about history, I had uh, read a diary of, of a woman who survived, the, well, during Civil War time, and it was in that area of Louisiana. So I was in, around Lake Providence, Louisiana area. So going that way, and I looked at the map, other things, other sidelines, and I saw Transylvania, and I said, I have to go there, just to say I've been, again, some different experiences. Well, that's remarkable. I mean, Herman, um, you know, dance halls, which you've written a good bit about, were, were small-town phenomena, and yes. really still are. Um, you know, people make pilgrimages to the famous ones still, but, and, and, and I'm thinking that, you know, Zydeco, of course, is not, is, is an art form that's still booming, and it's doing great, but, like, the dance hall is a very specific piece of this. So I, I'm curious, like, are we losing the dance hall culture, or has it just changed? Uh, I would almost say we've lost it already. We still have some dance halls, especially here in the Lafayette area, but at one time, and we mentioned this in the book, uh, Ghost of Good Times, just in the Lafayette, Opelousas, kind of Lake Charles Triangle, if you can imagine, there are 1,500 dance halls, at least 1,500 dance halls, and now there's just a handful remaining. Uh, These were community centers. When these places were built, a lot of times in the 40s and 50s, there was no, very few people had TVs or radios, so you, you had to go to these dance halls, not only to hear music, but just to exchange news with your neighbors and stuff. They were more than just dancing, you know, people shared their lives there, and slowly over the years, as we got more advanced with technology and, and more connected in, in other ways, the, you know, the dance halls have faded out, so that's pretty much what prompted Philip Gould and I to do the book, just can't, uh, capture the dance halls that are still around before they all disappeared. And, you know, we had musicians to help us. I'm thinking of Ray Abshire, who recently passed away, but he played at so many places and uh, took us around in his pickup truck one weekend. I used to play here. It's a grassy lot. I used to play over there. It's a Dollar General. So mm-hmm. so many legendary places. Songs are written about these places. People have great memories of them. Mm-hmm. But it's a ghost now. A ghost of good time. Yeah, I mean, that's remarkable. I, I didn't realize. Of course, I knew there were more of them, but 1,500. Yes, yes, in our neck of the woods. It's not counting New Orleans, and you go to Alexandria, north Louisiana. It was amazing. Some communities with maybe a thousand people or less had like five dance halls. Wow. I'm thinking the Lawtel in St. Landry Parish had the Step In Club and the Green Lantern next door to one another, and there's less than a thousand people in Lawtel. And in, bet- in, in between the clubs, there was a place called the In Between, because <laughs> that's where you could stop and have a drink <laughs> as you went back and forth to the club. But both of those are gone. Now, I think the uh, there's a post office now on one of the lots where the step-in club was, and I think the other place may be an, an empty lot. But, yeah. you know, th- th- hundreds if not thousands of people would go to these places on the weekends. That's where you went to have a good, good time. I mean, so, so, Herman, has anything as far as, you know, community gathering places, I mean, replaced what 
what got lost with 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 the with the dance centers? I mean, just culturally, I got to think that the culture itself has changed too. I mean, we can't just assume that you know, okay, well, that's gone, so that's gone. But you know, maybe things have also changed. Yeah. Well, uh, for good or for better or for worse, I'd say social media's had a big influence wow. on things, yeah. uh, in good ways because you talk to some young musicians. Uh, you know, in, in the old days, you would go to an older musician's house to learn how to play a certain song, mm-hmm. and now you can do it online. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that technology wasn't even available mm-hmm. just a few years ago. You know, technology has changed so fast. And I, I think it's, I don't want to say hurt the music in a way. It, it's helped in a lot of ways because you don't, you can be anywhere in the world and hear a, a song you want. Wake up at 3 in the morning, you want to hear S- Steve Riley and the Mamu Playboys. Mm-hmm. You just got to holler at your smart speaker, and there it is. <laughs> so it's more convenient in a way, but to me, with the, the dance halls, just that human atmosphere, so to speak, that's, mm-hmm. that's been lost. And something about the sound in these places, mm-hmm. they're just, just gorgeous, made for dancing. And these dance floors and a lot of the dance halls, they vibrated to the, to the beat and with, uh, the mu- uh, with the dancers uh, dancing to the beat too. It, uh, it's just such a great atmosphere and it's, it's sad to see that go by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. So I would think, just come think and put your other hat on, right? This St. Landry uh, tourist executive director, right? you would think that like the work that someone like Dixie's doing would be very important to trying to market or tell the story of this place. I mean, do, do you find that, that folks you know, say come and maybe hear about something in St. Landry based on the work of, you know, a travel writer. I mean, how, how does that actually get to people in Maine or even Germany or whatever? With, with Dixie's doing the tremendous job and folks like her that are travel writers that still come and tell the stories from our area because uh, people are still looking for things to do, places to go. You know, it's changed because of COVID, but now things are starting to relax some. People have been hungry for it. They've been hungry to hear the live music again, to go out and visit. Maybe not jump on a plane and go across the country, but they can go somewhere in their backyards and see something they hadn't seen before. I know just recently, for my birthday in May, I uh, took a trip to Toledo Bend. I've never been to Toledo Bend before, and just a, a couple of hours away from Opelousas, but a beautiful place. And that's the thing about Louisiana, too. That has such a beautiful state. I think we take it for granted a lot because it's always there, but just with. The, the lakes and the rivers and the cypress trees and pine trees and in hills and prairies. Every part of the state has their own type of geography, and uh, we just love Toledo Bend. Looking back, looking forward to to going again, and then on the way back, stopped in Natchitoches, another beautiful town. Saw with the university and so much of the the old houses there, mm. and even stopped in Alexandria and looked around. Stopped at a bookstore. So uh, all these places have characters and. And character, I should say, and, and, and Dixie and Travel Riders help tell those stories, and that's a, a vital part to what we do. And we have such a unique culture. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, people outside of Louisiana are just really amazed at the, the, our traditions here. The, the last book I wrote was about boucheries and cochon de lace. Mm-hmm. So pig slaughters are not just happening or have not, uh, there's a history beyond Louisiana. Other states have performed it, but we we have something unique because it was just a tradition of uh, a necessity for large families to have to slaughter pigs and have um, a fait dodo, and you know there's always a musician in the family, and everyone had a task to do. So we have that tradition relating to food. So a yeah. lot of things relate to food, but of course it always brings in the music, which yeah. brings in the yeah. dance. Yeah. Uh, and I'm working on a book on the Coudre de Mardi Gras, 
and actually Steve Riley, I've interviewed him. He's done the uh, Chanson de Mardi Gras song and uh, has a big background in that and, and still performs and still has run in the Mardi Gras. He's from the Mamou area, which brings us back to Fred's Lounge, yes. the famous dance <laughs> yeah. hall in Mamou. So yeah. again, a lot of things tied around and I just, I love to promote, uh, to show that we preserved a lot of these traditions. If I can just piggyback yeah, off what Dixie of said, with the boucheries born out of necessity and now a huge part of the culture, same thing with trail rides. Mm -hmm. Trail rides have replaced some of the dance halls in the communities. Mm -hmm. And with some of these trail rides, you have five, 10,000 people wow. at these trail rides and big three-day parties, but grew out of necessity from days gone by when people had boucheries, you slaughtered a pig and shared the meat with the uh, with the neighbors so you went around on horseback to to give meat to your neighbors and now it's a it's a big social scene that has music and horse competitions and everything else but it's something our ancestors did that became part of the culture and now it's celebrated and makes a unique thing about Louisiana and not only being celebrated here but now being copied in North Louisiana that mm -hmm. was never a, a, hardly ever a, a trail ride territory or even Zotico music but mm -hmm. that's part of it it's in the Texas now and in all, all over the place too so it's so much of Louis things born here out of necessity but now celebrated part of the culture you're listening to out the lunch I'm Christian Mater I'm talking with authors Herman Fusilet and Dixie Pochet. Dixie, do you find that the, that the folks that are picking up your books are folks from Louisiana who may, like, so the people in North Louisiana who learned about trail rides and they want to know more about Louisiana, or, or is it more, more about the state that they live in, or is it mostly people from, from out of the state who are just kind of interested in, in the culture? Well, it's, I would say it's all of it. Luckily, yeah. there's a lot of people that have ties to Louisiana that somewhere in their background they had an ancestor or they used to work with someone that was Cajun. So um, through promotion and through Associated Press, mm -hmm. a lot of my stories have gone throughout the United States and people have reached out to me that again have a tie to Louisiana mm -hmm. and they want they're interested in the good old days yeah. I'll say that way in some of our traditions and especially recipes and a lot about our cuisine wow I mean is that the same with with sort of like your work in tourism I mean Herman I mean are you finding that that you know people are you know, you're trying to get people from New Orleans to come see sort of the birthplace of Zydeco or is it people that are kind of like you know the the English or something, you know, you're trying to get people to fly in. I mean, who, who's who's really picking this stuff up to come here? Well, all of the above. Uh, we lost pretty much the international and, and in some cases national audience because of COVID, yeah. people not traveling so much. And one of the things we've emphasized, and the Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungess has really pushed the staycations mm -hmm. for people, and they've done research that shows people are still willing to go take a trip in their backyard, maybe someplace an hour or two mm -hmm. away. And that way, people can come to St. Landry Parish, the, the, the home of Zotico music, mm -hmm. check it out, come here to Lafayette, and, uh, or just all throughout the area and, and experience the mu music, food, and culture. So uh, that we have more regionalism now, I find, mm -hmm. with, with tourism. And uh, we've capitalized on that, too, because with uh, St. Landry Parish and uh, Acadia Parish and also Evangeline, mm -hmm. uh, th and there's byways all over the state, but in our three parishes, there's what's called the Zydeco Cajun Prairie Byway, mm -hmm. which uh, follows Highway 13 and 190 and some other roads. But you get, you get on the byway, you can pass by Fred's Lounge in Mamou, Mark, Mark Savoie's Accordion Factory in mm -hmm. Eunice, 
go through Crowley, back through Opelousas, and all, all up and down there, there's boudin shops and crackling shops and museums, so so much to see, but we, you know, we're emphasizing the, the, those staycations and, you know, just check out things in your backyard, and, it, and it's working, I'd say it is. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a staycation book would be a pretty interesting right up there, Dixie. I mean, I'd be curious to know, just like, you know, I grew up in Lafayette, I have family from Acadia Parish, I mean, I'm always sort of surprised about there's always something in Louisiana I find that surprises me. We could get around to it, but like if there was something that you would tell somebody, right, in your in your experiences, like here's a part of Louisiana you didn't know existed. I mean, what would that be for you? Well, besides Transylvania, <laughs> so my idea is, and and some of it is is well known, to have a, a road trip from this area, Lafayette, all the way to Shreveport yeah. to go to listen to Hank Williams, uh, senior and Elvis Presley because they performed at the Louisiana Hayride, mm. a radio show for years, and also Johnny Cash, Kitty Wells, I mean, a lot, uh, Minnie Pearl. So it would be to, to go to some of the spots that are still open now mm-hmm. that were open then in the 1950s. So, for example, going to have lunch or a slice of pie, at least pies in LeCount, mm-hmm. central Louisiana. Yeah. Then going up to Shreveport, there's a Southern Made Donuts, yeah. which is one of the old donut places, which some of the Hank Williams and also uh, Elvis actually did eat there. Mm. And, and actually, Elvis did a jingle for... That the donut shop, and there's also Strawn's Diner, yeah. known for their strawberry pies in Shreveport. So yeah. again, it's picking some of those places that it's time traveling is the way I see it in mm. my quirky little mind, <laughs> thinking it's it's time travel. And there's a, a lot of places like that along the way. And again, a stop in Natchitoches. There's a lot of things there too yeah. that are old, you know. And again, planet. A theme trip, I guess. So that's my next book. Yeah. Uh, s- small Town Adventures. Small Town Adventures. Yes. Herman, what small town adventure in St. Landry Parish would you say? Hey, Dixie, you got to put this on your map. <laughs> well, well, Dixie's got me thinking of something, you know, with the small towns and they have so much character and so much culture. And something we emphasize a lot and have been asked a lot about, too, spiritual trails. Hmm. People interested in churches and, and, and religion. And, you know, we're in a strong Catholic area. But in Opelousas, not only in St. Landry Parish, but all throughout the area, we have so many churches, 100, 150 years old. Mm-hmm. And there's people that want to visit these places. I think right off of uh, in Grand Coteau, there's the Academy of the Sacred Heart. This year it's celebrating 200 years that it's, it's been around. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's amazing. Such a gorgeous area that if, for people that have never been, just go look. It's sort of tucked, tucked away in the countryside in such a beautiful area. But it's also the site of the only Vatican-recognized miracle in the United States with St. John's Birchman's part of that, that school, too. So it's just little things like that that, you know, we know about in, in, in St. Landry and in other areas, uh, but other people may not know about, too. So we really capitalize on that. And I'm thinking, too, every August, there's a communion procession uh, that uh, de Teche, that goes down the Bayou Teche, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and people uh, can take part of that and take communion, and there's hundreds of people that show up for that. So, What was the miracle? i got to say, I don't know what the miracle is. I, 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 my sister I, went to Sacred Heart. I did not know about this. I have to remember the details now, but there was a... A child that was sick and um, eventually through prayer and, uh, and I'm, I'm, divine intervention. Yes, yes. Yeah. But you, you, 
I, I'm not sure of the details right now, but it's with, okay. listed on our website, CajunTravel.com. <laughs> people can check it out. I mean, I certainly didn't know it would have been the only one. I mean, it yes. sounds like, you know, people would just expect to be claiming miracles all over the place in southern Louisiana, but maybe not. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting thought, though. I mean, like yeah. a, a church ride would be really interesting. I think even to folks that maybe aren't religious, even. I mean, it's just like yeah. that history is um, a big part of the United States, of course, a big part of Louisiana culture. Yeah, you sure. can't, you know, you can't extract it from, from Louisiana French yeah. culture. Really, yeah. you can't. And the architecture of a lot of churches is just like huge cathedrals and some, you know, plain country houses, but some of the, like, I'm thinking of, like, St. Landry uh, Catholic Church in Opelousas just looks like a cathedral. It's over 100 years old. Just down the road, Holy Ghost Catholic Church was, at one time, the largest black Catholic congregation in the country, and still is one of the largest, but, you know, that's just in Opelousas, and there's other Baptist churches, Methodist churches been around for... And the, uh, the cemeteries. Yes, yes. And again, kind of unusual. Love to go and walk through old cemeteries. You can learn about history. And also, I like to study the family names, the surnames of the people that interred there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just curious when er different areas. And I know in Opelousas, there's the... uh, some of the grave sites go back to the 1700s when written in French, the actual tombstones. And there's a group in Opelousas that does the St. Landry Cemetery tours every October. And they, they hire actors, pretty much local people, to portray the characters of some of the people buried in the cemeteries. Like there's a governor buried there and some people that helped build Opelousas in St. Landry Parish. And it's been going on for several years and usually for a couple of weekends in October that happens. So... It's, it's got a great follow. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, you know, it strikes me, like, even here in Lafayette, you get pretty, like, the cemetery, you know, there's a Jewish cemetery in Lafayette. We don't think of Lafayette as being a place that has a lot of, uh, of Jews, right? But we have an old temple downtown. It's, well, I don't know the exact age, but it's well over 100 years old, right? I mean, and, and there are pockets of this in Louisiana kind of get glossed over by the sort of bigger Louisiana story that I think is really fascinating. Um, so, Dixie, I mean, tell me more about, you know, I think earlier you talked about the, you know, the boucheries and you kept referring to it as a pig slaughter. I think a lot of people these days would just think of it as a barbecue. I mean, that, that's a pretty striking thought, right? I mean, like to go and sort of document that. I mean, how, how does that, you know, to a reader from outside, of course, you know, uh, communal butchering is a thing that exists in other cultures, but they may not be quite as in tune to it as we are. I mean, do people kind of read that and think, like, my goodness, that sounds really violent. <laughs> Well, we know what happens to the pig. <laughs> you know, uh, he's, he's no the, way around that. No, he's the guest of honor. Yeah. Uh, so I attended a couple of boucheries, and um, one of them, well, I guess the, the key one I visited was in Murmontaw Cove, which is in Acadia Parish, and it's a nonprofit organization, Cadian Toujours. It means always Acadian. Yeah. Uh, and they host different events at Courier du Mardi Gras and the boucherie, and they want to, it's young people, they want to preserve uh, a lot of our traditions, and they start at dawn, and what happens is, I mean, the, the pig is shot, shot in the head. Usually there's a blessing by a priest first uh, to thank the pig for giving up his life, not that the pig had any choice in the matter. And they actually use every part of the pig from the snout to the tail. And they say, there's an old joke, everything but the squeal. 
And as a Zotico song, everything on the hog is good except the eyes. The eyes are the good. Eyes. Yeah. Okay, I have to remember. Nathan what, and the Zotico cha cha. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder what they do with the eyes. I don't. Perhaps they use it in a Mardi Gras mask. I don't know. You know. Yeah. So again, they'll even the piggy tail. They'll smoke the piggy tail, and you can add that to red beans and rice. Okay. Uh, they use this, the lining of the pig stomach is called pause. Right. Some places call it au chaudin. They'll use that. You can do your pork chops, the pig's feet, and the pig's head. You can have that um, used to make hog's head cheese, mm -hmm. which is not really cheese. It's a jellied meat like pate. Mm -hmm. um, they'll even use the pig lard to make soap. That was, again, the old ways to do it. Um, it's a, it's a day-long event from dawn to dusk. Uh, and again, they'll take out, there's some, always a musician in the family. They'll take out the music and everybody has assignments. So that's a boucherie, a pig slaughter. A cochon de lait is different. Again, the pig is dead. Uh, but they roast <laughs> it. No they roast it. They'll yeah, sure. cut the head off and they'll roast it uh, over an open fire, either all overnight. So Mansura in a Boyle's parish has uh, has formerly had an enormous uh, cochon de lait festival in May mm -hmm. for over 60 years. It's one of the oldest Louisiana festivals, and again, there might maybe 300 pigs that are roasted and then prepared to do plate lunches and pulled pork the next day. So that's kind of the where the pig is. <laughs> you know, with, with that in mind, I think it's interesting. Like, I feel like there's an allegory there or something, you know, about a, a hidden history that we're always constantly discovering. I don't think I really knew about the, the real history behind boucheries until I was in my 30s, which is a shame on me. But hey, I'm a city kid. I grew up that way. But there's such an attraction to that because Dixie <laughs> has me thinking of Anthony Bourdain, the celebrated Jordan, chef, yeah. he, he came to our area at least twice, uh, and there was always a big boucherie when he came, and <laughs> he talked about this is some of the greatest food on the planet right here in, in, our, in our area, and they always had a boucherie for him. Toby Rodriguez, as some people may know, he kind of specializes in that. He's done it in other parts of the state and, and area, mm -hmm. but it's something that people are intrigued by, and once they taste the meat, it's, it's, it's really, really good. That's yeah. some, some good eating. Yeah, I, I guess the lesson here is that sometimes the real hidden treasures are, are you know, just right under your nose or maybe right under the, the pig's nose or his eyes or his <laughs> tail. Um, Herman and Dixie, it was great having you both on the show. Thanks for coming on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now I'm ready for some Zydeco dance list. All right, all right. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been travel and culture writers Herman Fusilet and Dixie Pochet. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on KRVS. And you can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Herman and Dixie and Boucheries and what they do by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Kieran doing double duty as our sound engineer. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production for of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. This, the producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. As stated before, today's show was engineered by Kieran McIntosh. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Jan Risher. Our researcher is Ty Banowitz. I'm Christian Mater. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit source for local news. And to find out more of what matters in Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our newsletter. I'll see you here again next time around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye.
Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Tula Tacos and Amigos. Tula Tacos and Amigos offers street-style tacos, margaritas, and an open-air courtyard on Jefferson Street in the heart of downtown Lafayette. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Lafayette Comedy, bringing national comedy shows to Acadiana. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.